0: but we are really late. And and I just want people to understand, like there's a way to do both. There's a way to see, and there's a way to move. As soon as I realized, okay, this medicine is doing something for me, and this thing is happening, I made an immediate pivot at the risk of my full-time career. I was doing really well in advertising. There was no reason for me to drop what I was doing. But then I realized one, my health is way more important And there's a way to match my health needs and my passion and my strategy and my business. There has to be a way. Hey guys, so allow me to get super,
1: super personal for just a moment. In 2018, I noticed that something in my body had changed. My menstrual cycle was getting out of control. The pain was just so severe. Um, there were even moments in 2018 and 2019 where I remember lying in the fetal position in the dark in tears after doing my own research and speaking to other close friends with the same issues as mine. I knew that I had fibroids. I knew it was an issue. Now, a long story short, it took me more than a year to convince a doctor to take my pain seriously. I know this is such an issue that impacts so many black women. And I know that a lot of you out there can relate. In the meantime, though, I needed a remedy, and luckily, I discovered CBD oil. This was around the time that cannabis was becoming more openly used. It was also around the time that I heard the name Mary Pryor. Mary is the co-founder of Canoclusive, the cannabis imagery and education platform that she founded alongside uh, business partners Tanya Rapley and Charlize Antoinette. After experiencing the chronic and debilitating pain of an autoimmune disease, Mary took her ingenuity, her passion for uplifting her community, and her real lived experiences and channeled them into not just a digital platform, but a movement to make cannabis a more inclusive and accessible space. What I love about Mary is that she's just so passionate. She's strong and she's unafraid to challenge the status quo. We had the opportunity to break down a lot of misinformation in this episode, and she name drops some amazing Black women also doing great work in the space. Mary is such a good time, and I really hope you enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed speaking with her. Keep on listening, and as always, let us know what you think of the episode on social media using hashtag Unboss Podcast. Hi,
0: Mary. What's up, girl? I'm really excited
1: to be here. I'm excited for you to be here. Thank you so much. You
0: bring much. the vibes. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled I'm trying to here. lift everybody up. You lift... We're you... in an interesting time in 2019. It's been an amazingly adventurous four years almost. It has, it has. I just try to bring in some jokes and then hit people with the reality check that this dude's <laughs> going to get reelected again. But hey,
1: <laughs> we're not here for that. We're not here for that. So everyone, I am sitting here with Mary Pryor. The chief marketing officer of Tonic CBD, and she has me in laughs, so I'm kind of giggling as I get through this, and the co-founder
0: of Canoclusa,
1: and I'm excited for her to be here. And And still
0: advertising industry worker in Yes,
1: definitely. She has her legs and arms and everything in all of these spaces, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. But to start, tell me about your very... First job as a kid.
0: Oh, wow. I had, first, first. I had first. two jobs okay. at once. I know. Well, I was really about trying to have money at all times. <laughs> uh, so I had two jobs. I worked at Henry Ford Retirement Village in Dearborn, Michigan. Okay. And I worked at Bill Knapps in Dearborn, Michigan. Bill Knapps. I my remember Bill Knapps. My jobs were literally around the corner from each other. Okay. How uh, old were you? Uh, my oh, I was 15. Okay. All right. And then- I decided after I left Bill Naps to start working at what is called what I think is black girl um dream job express. Yes. <laughs> um and I was at Express where they had them feathered jeans and little gold shimmery tops. That like was that definitely was a like thing. Odds. And twenty nine and two for fifty were like a thing. And black women were particularly it's Bed Beth. Beth. Like Bath and Body Works and Express really had they, a hold on the black community. They really did. Um, they had us on lock. And unlock. Bath and Body Works still has a weird hold on the black community <laughs> that nobody can really explain. Like these chicken sandwiches, but yes, um, I will say that you know people would stand in line. Yeah. For you know twenty nine two for fifty jeans. I and, remember.
1: I remember those days. Yes. I definitely
0: remember being real happy to get my little check and spending on some jeans. Yes. So, um. I had. I had a storied first career, you know, so I, you know, for me, I get really offended when we dismiss fast food workers and yeah. I get really annoyed when we dismiss the elderly. Cause I spent five years there actually um, at the retirement village. So um, because I was a caretaker to my parents mm-hmm. and I also worked in that environment while going to school and doing extracurricular activities, yeah. uh, I was always mindful of just kind of like, when you get older, this is kind of what you, have, what to you have to be forward to. Yeah. And I was always at that age, like, yeah, I want to choose this option, not that option. Yeah. Because I I was seeing both in terms of how to take care of yourself and what that means when you don't have things prepared. You seem like you are, so
1: you're very perceptive as a kid. Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. I mean, when you. Growing up in Detroit. You know, you grow up in Detroit. I, I do think that, honestly, when you are exposed to, Different manners of living and preparedness, you just start realizing, like, okay, what choices do I need to make to be able to ensure my sustainability? Mm -hmm. And I was always kind of thinking about that in different ways in terms of like selecting the fact that maybe I should be an engineer, maybe I should be a drafter, maybe I should work in automotive, maybe I should work at the plant like my dad. Like, I was always thinking about
1: very Michigan like,
0: extremely Michigan like (laughs) living. I remember those. Yeah, and and yeah, and and I don't, you know, what I need to get married before this time. Um, I need to have a baby before this time. Which church am I going to be part of, so that I can make sure that the baby can be part of the church? Like it's, it, you know, yeah. So, I I came from strictly midwestern black values, uh, with southern roots, and you know those roots extending in different parts of the diaspora. So, you know, it's very very intriguing to be. Now saying that I work in the weed game legally. Um, And when you think about, you know, the life that I did not see this at all. Mm -hmm. But, you know, life kind of circumstantially put me here. So
1: So let's back up a little. You went to... University of Michigan.
0: I'm a Wolverine. Yeah. Very, very a, proud.
1: Yeah. I almost jokingly said, like, Michigan State.
0: But uh, and you would have gotten jokingly checked got on fought. this podcast.
1: <laughs> but I know better. I know better. It's okay. It's <laughs> not. You, you majored. You majored in mass communications and media.
0: Yes, but um, I originally went to school to be an engineer, okay. and I was living in Bursley Hall okay. my first year, two years. Uh and engineering for me, I wanted to be an automotive engineer, got there and they were like, We ain't got that. So you wanna be a chemical engineer? And I was like, Oh God, why'd I say that? Yeah. So, you know, that was rough, but I definitely, you know, I really thought about okay, if I like media, I like studying media, I like music. I grew up yeah. in a musical household. My mom was really into music, my dad was, so and I had early exposure to like the music industry via my mom and entertainment, like that way uh so you know i honestly was like okay well i could try this and it was more so a study of communications and a study of marketing and a study of advertising which i use now which is beneficial but i originally went to school to design the interior of automotive vehicles
1: you know i remember i went to a tech school
0: while i was in high school for some program and like
1: interior automotive design was one of the options. Like we had to take all of these samples of classes Mm -hmm. and it was a, like, I didn't even know that it was a job in existence, even though I had family that worked for GM and all of that. But I remembered being exposed to all these different automotive kinds of jobs in this program and being like, I need to get out of Michigan. Cause I know, I knew it wasn't for me then, Right, but I also knew because I had family that, they were in that industry so much and i remember all the struggles that they would hit like the layoffs and then hiring everybody back and i just remember that struggle yeah, so i always same associated always here. associated that industry with obviously like um, up, on one hand it you know it uplifted a lot of black folks and paid a lot of black folks and there's a lot of black folks in that community but it also kind of made a lot of people very insecure
0: about but people, the jobs. But people really didn't oh. see the failures of it till 2008 Til and 2012. Yeah, if you were literally like, oh, I'm gonna rest my lulls in being and working being GM working at GM or working at Chrysler. It's a or huge, huge, especially thing. that Chrysler thing, right? Yes. So, you know, I I didn't fall for that uh, too easily, and I kind of saw what it was doing to my dad. He yeah. worked these really really crazy hours with. God, I remember a that. A substance issue, and mm-hmm. it definitely affected <laughs> him. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that we have to talk more about the existence of what it is to deal with those types of circumstances mm-hmm. within our family dynamics. I truly believe that the crack era messed up a it lot up of a what's lot. happening. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm not, you know, trying to put fam on blast when I say that, but we have to speak out these truths a lot more because there are a lot of Black and brown folks that have a drug addicted cousin, yes. a drug addicted daddy, somebody who just got clean. Yeah. Like everybody has someone that has that in their family dynamic. And then people are just trying to wash that away when really that definitely shapes and changes how you operate if you were grossly affected by that.
1: So you grew up, it sounds like very conscious of that. Right. Of that, you know, of that whole world, that epidemic. What was your impression of of weed, of marijuana.
0: My impression, because my grandmother's grew it in the backyard, is that <laughs> somebody that. was on. doing something, okay. and I did not get access to that thing okay. until I happened upon it from being at a job as a young person and smoking weed with my coworkers that were all the same age as me in like high school. Got it. Um, and so, you know, I know that my mother smoked. I know my grandmother smoked. <laughs> Uh, I would smell it at backyard parties from somewhere. <laughs> I didn't know what I was smelling at that age. Yeah. Uh, but I know that somebody was doing something. Yeah. And for me, I became more a part of <laughs> using cannabis as an option, given my experience of like trying to figure it out if I wanted to be in the music industry. Yeah. Because in that game, they give you a host of different directions you can go when it comes to utilizing certain additives. (laughs) I chose the natural additive as my lane because everything else seemed not desirable. Uh, And, you know, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm, you know, there's a, there's this, let's, let's do this.
1: So Mary, how old were you when you were diagnosed with Crohn's
0: disease? Let's see. I was, wow, 30. Okay. Oh happy happy thirties. Yeah. Yeah. And um in terms of
1: getting into the cannabis, you know, industry as an actual business and a passion of yours, did it come from that or I know earlier we were talking
0: about? And I don't I don't know. I have to I wanna be protective when I say this. Okay. Western medicine is a tricky thing to understand. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, as a black woman. Being taken seriously when you say you have a medical issue is very hard. <laughs> I'm going okay? through that this year. All right. Yes. Um, being taken seriously when insurance is an issue, uh, when, you know, capital for to do things, to make certain things happen is an issue. You know, a health change can alter the money that you think you are spending every day yeah. in a very drastic way. And for me... I was running into a situation where no matter what medicine wasn't really working or the medicines I was used were making things worse
1: yeah. or the
0: medicines I was using was making me lose my hair or the medicines I was using was making my bones really brittle and my nails really brittle and my eyesight worse. And I was having all these issues. And so with Crohn's and with a lot of autoimmune illnesses, you can attract another autoimmune item. Yeah. Um, I don't know the processes of how that actually like goes down but But, you know for me i was like this is enough and i don't really feel like adding on any any guest stars (laughs) so for me you know like working out every day is a thing figuring out my relationship to food figuring out my my you know the diet that works for me became a real thing but you know i have two friends in particular that were definitely very very hardcore supporters and trying to get me change my ways, which is Ben Scribe, Goldfarb, and Denetria Lewis. And they were sending me articles about cannabis studies in Israel with IBD, IBS, and Crohn's, like, Hmm. 2014. And then it wasn't until I had to take on a really crazy gig while my mother was going through the later parts of palliative care and hospice. And I was dealing with so much pain To where I was flying to another city and back to Detroit very, very often um, with cannabis because I needed it.
1: At this time, were you working? I mean, because you were so sick, were you working kind of full time? Yeah, I was working full time on one of the most
0: intense gigs ever, and this was the build of eight three seven Washington for Samsung. Oh, okay. And I was getting and and I was like, you know, I would be working on something, get a call that my mother. Mm-hmm. fell into a pain coma, and I would be flying out that night. Okay. Uh, and, you know, for me, I was giving her cannabis because fentanyl patches and liquid morphine wasn't, working. wasn't working. And, you know, I don't care what nobody says. That's my mom. So uh, I'm going to do what I need to do.
1: Yeah,
0: um, And I think everybody should, you know, like, if you know that this goes a certain direction. You want to be as peaceful as possible or or instill that peace into someone that you care about and you love, right? So cannabis was helping me out dramatically in terms of my anxiety, my stress, my pain level. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, all of those things are increasingly amplified when you're going through such a traumatic experience such Mm -hmm. as transition. And... I was like, okay, this is actually something I need to lean into. And for me, I started reading hella books, hella studies, studying about all the different types of cultivars, studying about, you know, what what does a strain mean exactly? How do you create these genetics? Like, which? how do we know that this genetic does this affect and that affect? How do I realize that THCV has a better chance of something that agrees with my system versus something that's heavy in THCA? What really is the relationship between... THC and CBD. What about all the different cannabinoids of CBD that are minor, such as CBC and CBN and C? Like, how do these things apply Ooh. to what I need? Right. Yeah. And I started doing that while I was still working. I was working at McCann at the time. Okay. And, and for those that don't know, what is McCann? McCann is a major advertising agency. <laughs> I'm, uh, thank you for giving uh, me that. I, because my space, my my experience is within yeah a degree of tech inclusion work and advertising, as yes. far as like a social strategist, digital strategist. So. I was like, okay, I feel like this is something. Yeah, You know, we were at a place in 2015, 2016, where the industry was something up, that people yeah. were doing that were black and brown, but we weren't really talking about it. Um, then I moved to L.A. Because at, um, before that, before you moved to L.A., you were based in New York. I was between
1: oh, New York and Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So what what was it about... You know, that experience that made you say, OK, I got to pack up. I got to go to L.A.
0: What? Did you like the truth? Yeah. 2017 of that year in April, I had a mini heart attack. Oof. Um, I rode my bike <sighs> to my therapist, had heart palpitations. They had to come in and get me. I was at Lenox Hill. And then I was like, OK, I need access to cannabis on a real level without feeling like yeah any drama is gonna happen
1: was a heart attack like many from, okay did it stem from Crohn's or was it maybe I don't know what it was but
0: I was dealing with Stress. so much anxiety and and I was like really really heavy at energy work yeah okay. I was like yeah I'm out okay so I moved within a month okay that's that was my next question I want I to know out. what was wow. I was out so you were like okay that's it. Done. I was completely out. <laughs> okay, um, and a lot of people don't even know that I had a mini wow. attack. Only about two other people. Wow. And I was like, okay, so if it's me, I don't know, but I don't have time to figure it out. So I got to leave. So I moved and started realizing that this industry doesn't give a hoot holler and hoot nanny about anybody melanated. Yeah. Um, and you know, Tanya and I would be Tanya Rappley, Tanya Rappley, our, Rappley our co-founder. Right. <laughs> we would be like one of two black people at an event or like one of four Mm. or like two out of six at a festival. And we would be like, wow, Wow. this is not what we grew up with or experienced ever. And then, you know, Charlize, Antoinette and I, Charlize comes from the, you know, the costume and wardrobe design industry within filming TV right. and, and these you know, are jewelry. The, the
1: women of Canada. Right. You know,
0: yes. Tanya comes from the, the finance and, you know, lifestyle and education. It's, it's just really interesting that we are, were just floored. Yeah. And I knew that. But when you see it in person, and then you see how people ask you all these microaggressive questions, like, "Oh wow, how'd you find out about this? <laughs> oh wow, how'd you get here? What email? Oh, how'd wow, you get on this email you list? You went to Michigan? <laughs> oh wow, how'd you do that? Yeah. Oh wow, so wow, so you don't just smoke weed all day? Wow. Oh wow, yeah. you're, I, we would we would be like, wow, <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, okay, this wow,
0: all right, you okay. know, and yeah. then you know, we started. The stock photo set for Flickr as a way to just show, like, you know, these little images that the industry thinks are what is the black and brown experience of consumption is completely stereotyped and hyper, hyper negative.
1: And can you back up a little bit and talk about that when you um, how did you what inspires you to do the Flickr? Like I remember becoming familiar with some of the work that you did
0: because we were just tired of seeing really really jacked up imagery you know whenever it came to mentioning cannabis or whatever terminology we're going to use on this podcast weed (laughs) wow uh gas okay whenever it came to any of these things it'd be like snoop or rastafari a really bad over stereotype rastafarian image or like Jail, like okay. it was like, well, like where are y'all getting your photo sets, yeah. right? If, if there was no imagery that actually showed regular people just consuming, living life yeah. like we all do, like, yeah, and so yeah. we we started that just out of like trying to provide a resource for the industry, and I I just launched another resource along with i um, joining forces with Karen Wang from Almost Consulting where we finally kicked off Inclusive Base, which was something I had been working on for about almost two years, okay. as a database of, you know, black and brown, uh, melanated, supportive small businesses and entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry. Wow. Right. And the response mm-hmm. has been pretty, pretty good. Like, people are like, oh, this is a great resource. What I want is for people to write about that so that we can get more tracking behind the fact that you know people love to say, I don't know where to find where the black. Find... Where do I find the black founders? <laughs> where do I find these black businesses that you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, there's Latinos and cannabis. What do you mean? Okay, here's a database, bro. Yeah. So right here. one, you, here you can't down. say anything. Yeah. So two, here it is. So <laughs> before you start, you know, trying to open up your mouth to say something crazy. Now you have a database yeah. that you should go to check and check and yes. if you want to pretend that you're giving back, you need to identify who to give back to within this database. And we all should because every value and dollar, every consumer engagement mm-hmm. in cannabis, and I speak on this from the tonic side too, we care about every value and every customer. Like every person in cannabis and in hemp is relying on every customer being pretty much in tune with supporting and buying from them. Yes. If they do not have quality product, which is a big issue in this space because mm-hmm. bad products are getting a lot of sure. leeway. Um, and that's what gets covered, in... <laughs> yeah, what gets covered <laughs> and Yeah. And it's bad. Yeah. yeah. And so you have the good guys that are making good stuff and caring about sustainability. And we have actually really amazing product. And because we don't have, VC-backed, pattern-matching, mm-hmm. associated funding, uh, people are being, like, pushed to the wayside, and all this bad stuff that's coming from bad sources are flooding the market and not doing us any any good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from that side, I think that it's important to note that I care a lot about, especially Black women, knowing what's good, Yeah, what's what's real, like, what are the real opportunities here, yeah. Uh, You know, when people say that the Wall Street Journal just said that the pot industry is dealing with financial issues. I want people to understand what that means in terms of what that how to break that down. And also there's a whole endocannabinoid system that we are not aware of that can actually effectively utilize cannabis for our needs. And I know a lot of black women that are becoming way more vocal about the fact that I use this cream for my cramps. Yeah. I use this for my knees. I use CBD for my anxiety. I I use I use, I use yeah. THC for the fact that I'm getting chemo and this allows my intestines to relax so I can keep food down cuz yeah. you need to give yourself nutrition. I we need to speak more on that and not view this as the Devil's lettuce—that yeah. whole propaganda narrative—really threw us for a yeah. loop. And I, gonna, I, I didn't want
1: to get into that. Like so, even just growing up, like what were the stereotypes that you? I mean, did you have stereotypes kind of associated with with weed?
0: Growing up, not really, okay. I grew because I because you were around it. I was a right? little around it, but not directly around it. Mm-hmm. So you know, like if I got caught doing something. I remember. I remember distinctively when my grandmother called me when I got my tongue pierced at 15. <laughs> she didn't talk to me for a week, right? So, you know, I, I'm I'm used to receiving some type of level of disagreement or and or what we would call punishment back in the day okay. uh, for doing something wrong. So I never I was I just wasn't gonna smoke weed in front of my grandmother. Of so course. I didn't have no I had no <laughs> desire to get molly white. I didn't really feel like I wanted that <laughs> in my journey. Absolutely, that was something I didn't want. But you know, yeah, everybody who grew up with anybody, especially if you grew up with family that were Church of God in Christ, yeah, Ugh. everybody yeah. Yeah. was like, "Yo, like weed is the devil. You going yes. If you have weed, you're gonna end up having sex, and then you're gonna have sex, and you're, then gonna, you gonna, get have, AIDS. And you're gonna die. And then when you get age, you're gonna die. You're gonna die, and you're yeah. gonna be with the devil. And yeah. it's like, well, first of all, how did we get to that? Yeah. And then, uh." <laughs> And it's really, you know, propaganda, the war on drugs. We fell for so many tricks. Yeah. And we continue to still fall for tricks, which is a whole other podcast. Well, I was
1: going to say, I want to know, okay, when you think about the stereotypes and, you know, culturally back in the day versus now, what are some of the stigmas that you find you're still having to deal with when you enter? The same. Yeah, they're the same?
0: Because you have black and brown congressional state, assembly, city council, municipal leaders that are not able to separate fact from fiction Mm. or are being fed fiction against fact. And they're making these choices where they're like opting out of allowing sale and retail, opting out of trying to really push effective social equity, opting out of actually knowing or creating educational programs. At the end of the day, I'll tell you this because I do this work, um, this other type of work on the side. I've sat with people while they're getting chemo in the hospital and have watched them smoke their pen or have helped them get the right
1: thing for them to use.
0: I've sat with friends, best friends, and gave them a download on how to get access to what they need for their mother or their father who Mm. may have this type of issue, whether it's terminal or not, or just giving them a a way to have some type of peace. I spoke to my best friend literally two days ago. Her father you know, has cancer. It's stage four. Wow! And because I'm really, really close with her family, I am taking on the ownership of calling her mother and her dad to kind of be like, okay, can I get you access to this? You have to start taking this, right? That's a gift that I did not expect that I would be tapping into, but that's why I care so much about what it is to understand all of these nuances, Mm -hmm. especially as a black woman that has a way or just has been given, um, an allowance to have a voice and to have a reach. Right. Yeah. So as much as I want to be able to sit here and blow it down on IG, (laughs) I don't because I know all the nuances, right. As much as I want to be able to while out on social media and start doing flat belly tea, um, promotions, (laughs) (laughs) I can't because I'm, there's a degree of, you know, and you've seen me on social media. There's a degree of funniness and sincerity. There's a way that I'm trying to make it all come together, but, you know, it's just the stereotypes that we're still finding are still here. Yeah. And, you know, we still have a generation of voters that are way older than millennials that run a lot of the choices that people think are the best choices. And it's often led with, a lot of just really bad information and propaganda that superseded time.
1: Um, I remember, so I knew about the work that you had been doing for a while, but the one of the, I think the first time might've been the second time, but the first time I heard you speak at length was at an event um, that I'm not going to get into details, but it was at an event um, and it was, it was a great event, like a lot of great programming and talks and panels and um, I think it was maybe over a weekend. And when I went to that event, I thought it would be a lot more diverse. Or maybe I should say I hoped. I hoped it would be a lot more diverse than it was.
0: I don't know why you thought that. And
1: totally I know hard. because aspiration. Sometimes, you know, you, you try to be optimistic. But um, when I got there, it was just overwhelmingly majority all white women except for a lot of the programming Mm -hmm. and i guess what i want to know is what advice do you have for black women in particular who are trying to get into this space and trying to launch businesses and it seems like in a in a way it almost it can sometimes feel like we're too late Mm.
0: How, how honest do I need to be? Like, what, I need what you to degree? be. Like, how I want am I you to allowed be to do here? I
1: want you to be like Instagram story honest. Um, or even like pretend you're just talking to your little group of friends on IG. You know how you got those private groups you can do? I'm going to
0: add you to my private and group. Add me to that group. Because I know it's okay. Talk to me, boo. Okay. Talk to me. I don't know what people are waiting on. Yeah. I am very very, 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 very realistic about a few things right now. A recession is coming. Yes. The reality of Trump de- de- potentially winning again and the fact that we have, we're we missing this. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like Chicken Little screaming. Oof, okay. And I'm tired of doing that. I know you are. And as a Pisces rising Virgo Sag moon, listen, I'm super tired of that.
1: Listen.
0: With a Venus and Aquarius and a Mars <laughs> and Scorpio. Okay? okay, so we got some of the same you know, situations You know, going some on, people might not know what that they is, not, is here, but okay. I'm going to tell them. Um, my, my energy to give more like, Hey, what are you waiting on? Kind of has stopped. Okay. And I think that right now, whatever stigmas you have, look, I'm sitting here telling you right now as someone who is fresh out of being in the house, in and out the hospital within a period of three weeks, no less than what, three weeks ago. Okay. I was in the hospital having to use my pen anyway. Yeah. Because I was in that much pain. Um, Thank you again for being here. Yeah. yeah. and and but, but I'm just saying that to say there's a lot, especially with the opioid crisis and how it's hit our communities mm-hmm. uh, before they started using the opioid instead of what it really is. Um, you know, there's a lot of benefit to this medicine from the medical side. And shout out to Dr. Jessica Knox. Shout out to Dr. Shana Macias. Doc, shout, out, shout out to Monica Tang. Shout out to Roz McCarthy. Shout out to Deshida Dawson. Shout out to G.M. Moran. Shout out to Kiba Smith-Bolden. Shout out to a lot of women that have been talking about proper efficacy of this plan before me. Yeah. And it I sounds think like that- a lot. It's a lot of black women that's a lot of black, It's a uh, lot of black, of a lot of black women, Absolutely. you know, and, and these, you know, I'm glad that there is a recognition point happening now mm-hmm. within our community that I feel is a bit more stronger, but we are really late. Really late. And, 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 and I just want people to understand, like, there's a way to do both. There's a way to see, and there's a way to move. Mm-hmm. As soon as I realized, okay, this medicine is doing something for me, and this thing is happening, I made an immediate pivot at the risk of my full-time career. Yeah, I was doing really well in advertising. There was no reason for me to drop what I was doing. But then I realized, one, my health is way more important. And there's a way to match my health needs and my passion and my strategy and my business there has to be a way mm-hmm. and even though people think I have figured it out I'm we're still figuring we're still it out figuring every it day
1: out, I'm sure and
0: it's amazing that we have a collective of eight black women um between Cassia Graham who got down with Tanya and Charlie and I early on mm-hmm. Kendra Norwood who was an intern who got down with the collective Arlene Peterson who's like one of my best friends and like literally Cassie and Arlene saw me in the hospital when I was there for a month and a half with Crohn's um, and everybody who thought I had some else and had no idea what was going on. Um, Sarah Delgado, uh Dion coming on with <laughs> Dion Hawkins coming on board. Like Hey Dion, We're, is we're a collective row. of women that <laughs> see yeah. how this can be really, really effective. And it's it's weird. We're st- we we are getting later and later as we try as we... to tell grandma and them to stop thinking that this is the devil's lettuce yeah. or as we try to tell old boy who wants to open a dispensary with no experience outside of working at white castles yes that, that, you that i need to actually <laughs> do you need to actually do some some studying and some education and to me i'm i'm at it like this point three things one if it's not where you're at, you need to move and go where it is. Mm. So you're talking about like the bit. So yes, whatever industry, aspect of the business, yes. you need to be If in the that industry space, is not where you're at, you need to move need and to go bounce. and figure it out immediately if you really see yourself doing this. Got it. If you don't, don't do it. Okay. If you do, you need to move and leave if you're in a place where there's no access. Okay. Two, if you want to understand the science behind this, all those women I just listed, mm-hmm. go to anything that they've done. Go to us. You will find them some way through us, or just go to those names.
1: By us, me and Yes, yes. But
0: I will. I'm telling you, information is out there, and it's legit. This isn't a made up thing. Yeah. This is a reality. You could actually even go to National Holistic Healing Center in Maryland. You can actually go to Wanda James Simply Pure. You can actually go to Tucky and Brown out in Oakland. You can actually go to these places and talk about your experience as an individual with a black owned, minority owned business Mm -hmm. and have a level of comfort there. There are people that study this. There are cannabis nurses, there are doctors, there are pharmacists, like this is a real thing. So if you're looking at this from just the, I get high and smoke all day, yeah, that's a choice. But there's also the reality of this, a lot of psychological stuff gets wrapped into that usage history, too. Yeah, it does. And it doesn't mean that it's bad, but it means that it's doing something to do something to allow that person to sustain. Yeah. I, um, I really yeah. want to, you know, I, I just think that New York, yeah, okay. I, I really, really hope that we can figure out how to better set ourselves up in this. In in this space, but we need to be moving just as fast fast. because literally, there's so many things happening from like Canada's influx into the US market to what's happening in South America to what's really happening in certain countries within Africa, Zimbabwe, Kenya, South Africa like, people. People think that because a certain celebrity has a brand that they're in the game and that's a licensing deal. Mm. Like, this is not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, people think that because a certain celebrity has a, a VC or a, a fund that they're supporting black and brown businesses in cannabis. That's not that's true not either. True. So it really is a matter of every consumer being aware of why we need items like Inclusive Base, why we need items such as just supporting ourselves in this space, because all that money matters. And right now, between the average space to even raise capital for a dispensary, maybe 5 years ago you could do it with 5 million, but now you need 10. Yes, I,
1: that was my ne- I wanted to know um because to me it's always seemed like we were just but kind of just almost out of the game. Like we like there was never really an op- a way for us to get into the game because it required so much funding from the very beginning. So, in 2019, now it sounds like we're just you know it the needs to launch these businesses. It's just it's too high, and we're just out. We're just out of it. Well, it just we're not sound like it. We're not just out of sound it. Doesn't possible
0: because you can do collective economics. You can form an LLC. You can figure out a way Give me to some do optimism. something. <laughs> as you can figure out ancillary business models that take away less of that. You can figure out a way to create your own compliance company, your own testing lab. You can be a lawyer and transition Mm -hmm. into cannabis law. You can figure out how to become you know, a merchant, figure out a merchanting deal so that you can service cannabis businesses. You can figure out how to create a system where you're possibly applying for a delivery license. You're able to put your money together and support someone who may have more capital and to be able to get equity or become a convertible. No, you're, you're able to figure okay. this out if you want in some way to a degree, okay. but this is not an immediate cash out business. Definitely not. And if you're going in here thinking yo I'm about to be balling out of control in 6 months to a year. No. That's not how this works. Mm. If you're coming into this space expecting that a dispensary makes more sense than owning a processing and extraction facility, wrong. Wrong. Other way around. Yeah. Uh, if you're coming into this business thinking that if you pay someone $150,000 to fill out your license that you're going to win, no. wrong. Yeah. 100% wrong. <laughs> like it's it's not like that here. Yeah. So you have to be really aware of the risk and you have to also think about from an ancillary side you can bring something into the space that you already do okay if you see edibles as a market support someone who's making edibles and give them that money for example there's a sister who's in los angeles chef maverick makes fire gummies sustain vegan gluten-free everything is checked everything is beautiful yeah this woman could use fiscal support. So that's
1: what we're on. We need to support. In the very least, we should be supporting these businesses that are already out there. Yes, one hundred percent. You have
0: yeah. you have a sister that her name you have you have the Hollingsworth family in Washington, black-owned farm on the hemp and cannabis side. You should be finding ways to request that their products are in your dispensaries Got where it. the states are at. Okay. Uh, you should be reaching out to them to see if maybe you can help them. Uh, find investment so that they can expand to other states and then you can leave that charge right this is a black eight-year running business yes that they literally hoodwinked their grandma to get the money to start (laughs) so for people that don't know these stories i'm glad that canna will tell these stories for these individuals i'm glad that we can sit here and shout out someone like dorian morris a black woman who comes from corporate beauty experience who has a CBD product line that is skincare based and face care based and lip balm based. And she is black as you and me day is long and you can buy her products. Like these are people that need to have these stories seen and told why wasn't happening before. It's just, everybody really i don't think people took cannabis this seriously 2 years ago
1: okay and i know it they didn't because they thought name. i was making a
0: big mistake even jumping in and i got all the jokes in the world but yeah. <laughs> now everyone's like okay well what well, like, it's like bitcoin like remember how black folks got <laughs> I hit with bitcoin remember that I remember that and that was real scary <laughs> like hold on Your uncle hold was like hey you want to get, get some bitcoin he was like uncle get what like, you talking about who's who's giving you bitcoin <laughs> Your cousin said he found like yeah. like someone's cousin. It's it's like that. Like remember when we got hit with that idea? Yes, I do. Bitcoin. I'll Bitcoin, Bitcoin is still real. It's still it's very real. But, but our <laughs> understanding of blockchain and Bitcoin is not as, not as not filled. Yeah. Because you have other financial services that are hopping on. Yes, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And people are thinking all was out of the game. No, it's not. Yeah. It's It's out of the... The the, the, the fad is shifted. Yeah. This is a fad that's not going to shift. Yeah. Because here's the other side of this that is a little bleak, but very real. When this financial system bottoms out, Mm -hmm. people are going to be needing a lot of stuff to think about and do. Okay. Okay? Okay. You can put two and two together and figure out what that thing is going to be in terms of (laughs) this as a cheaper option versus buying a bottle. Yeah. But I do recall back in 2008 when the liquor industry was not getting a lot of buys yeah, because people were like, Oh, I can't afford to pay my bills right now. Let me not get this tequila.
1: Yes. True. True.
0: And I hate to put in, you know, is a recession going to happen next week? I don't know what's going to happen in two to three years. Potentially. Yeah. Is it going to happen in two to three months? I do I, not know. Who knows? But, but you got to stay, yo. stay ready. There's too many, there's too much civil unrest and, things happening in so many other countries outside of us within our own issues that are pointed to the effectiveness and the sustainability of those markets.
1: So Mary, something that I love about the work that you do is it touches tech, advertising, advocacy. Like there's just so many, there's so many spaces that the work that you do, it, you know, it, that it aligns with. Um, how do you balance bringing, I guess, like, to me, every time I see you talk, every time I hear, you know, see a video, see you live, you always bring your authenticity to the table. How do you do that? How do you like, do you ever feel like you have to tone yourself down in these different spaces?
0: 100% I feel like I need to tone myself down in these different spaces. Do I feel a certain way about that? When I was in my 20s now, yeah, sure. But now, you know. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I grew up taking etiquette and manners classes hmm. and like really, really weird pageants. Um, Same. So, <laughs> you know, okay. like playing this game yeah. for me is something that I can do, but yeah. so I'm not about that life. Yes. Um, I can see through those things pretty easily mm-hmm. as an intuitive. So I don't, I, I try. I want to press the needle and say more and do more. Yeah. But I'm also being very mindful that when you do that, people come with more and more expectations. Okay. And I always say, you know, I just want to be respected and I want to be comfortable. Fame, if it happens, I'm not looking for that. Okay. But because I'm the person where, if you try to walk up to me in a supermarket, I might cuss you out if I'm just trying to get some, <laughs> just get my tomatoes. Ham hot. Yeah. <laughs> for my new year's eve yes. black IPs, and you open over come on over here and take photos like i don't feel like doing that right yeah. now it's that pisces thing that yes, we do i mean
1: listen we gotta we need space sometimes
0: and and, and for me it's even better because i have people that i care about that are actually listening to me that are trying to figure it out alongside me that we all support each other um and care about with right so my big thing is that to be authentic, and I hate the word authentic now because it really doesn't mean anything. I know, I but get to it, But to be someone who's not full of trash and BSing <laughs> takes a real mindfulness that, you know, what you say and what you do, someone's going to actually listen to and follow. Mm. Like, can- like cannabis, does- Like cannabis, if you just smoke weed and you have stage 3A cancer, please, that's not it. Yeah. If you just think that you're just going to take rip-, RIP Simpson oil and that's it. You can do that, but also follow the doctor's orders, yeah, right? Like definitely. also eat better. Also do what's needed to, to last out radiation and chemo. Yeah. But I'm not here to tell you to go one way or the other because cannabis is not a panacea and it's very dangerous when people do that. But I am here to say that as a living body that is doing both, more so on the side of doing way more holistic things and having to do Western medicine things, it, there's a degree of where this is working. And I can say this as someone who navigates chronic pain very, very well and has a very active life in terms of fitness and wellness. And is very mindful that all of that has to come together to be able to sustain this one vessel that we have. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> um because we don't get another one we no don't. matter what we see switch yeah. up body wise gotta, we don't get another you one you gotta take and, care of yourself and and now i have girlfriends that are in my age range that are going through real you know private medical challenges yeah. and crohn's ibd ibs UC, that's rising in our population yeah it is i've yeah i have a couple friends, i have a couple friends who recent
1: like in the last few years. So dangerous. And I was gonna say so dangerous. I was gonna say, like I had um I also know a lot of people who just you go to the doctor and you're not heard. I've been like even oh, me pers- yeah. even me personally, um, I knew what was this two years ago. Um, I am very intuitive with my body and I pay attention and and I also know like, you know, my family's health history and all this. I knew, 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 knew that I had fibroids. It took two years for me to finally get a doctor and get the right kind of insurance to be properly diagnosed. It took forever. And even when I finally was diagnosed, I'm still it's something I'm still dealing with. Mm-hmm. But like it just just getting a doctor that listens and then, you know, not just listens but takes what you're saying and brings, you know, some action to the table as opposed to just, you know, kind of jotting things down. For a couple years, I remember de- like I saw so many doctors and they just it was just dismissive so it took a long time for i was trying to find i was trying to find a black woman doctor finally found it and that's who diagnosed me mm. and it took forever but i just remembered like oh my gosh like this shit is for the birds so like, what are I'm, you doing on the holistic
0: side so on
1: um, on the holistic side i did um a friend did um she recommended uh, what was this there was some like i did start like working out more and just doing just more fitness, kind of calming breathing exercises, meditating—all of those things that I had done lightly before, and in a way that did help me manage the pain a lot. Nutrition-wise,
0: what are you doing? Nutrition-wise,
1: I've gone through the phases. I've been—I um, was vegan briefly, and then that wasn't—that wasn't quite working. But I definitely cut out dairy a long time. What's ago. your boy type? That I don't know. Okay. That I do need to find. Yes, one- you do. Yes, I do. I do. This is,
0: this is going to turn into a podcast uh-huh. about you.
1: <laughs> I, was but about to, I was about to give I know you about to, you're looking at me now like, okay. Girl, I got rid okay, of my fibroids okay, through nutrition. Yeah. But yeah. I do think like that is a conversation that I've had so much with so many black women, friends, and fibro- colleagues. And fibroids are fibroids. scary
0: because yeah. fibroids are very scary. Yeah. Because if you, and I want to call this what it is. And I'm not. It's not a judgment call, mm-hmm. but we got to start calling this out and figuring out why we do it to ourselves. Yeah, self neglect. Oh yeah. If you assign self neglect
1: mm-hmm.
0: on something like that, they will take your womb. It will. They Absolutely. will take your uterus. Definitely. And I and you will be sitting there, potentially desiring children. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's nothing to say that you cannot adopt a child that needs a home. Definitely. That's nothing that you can say that you. Cannot do those options. Yeah, But if your true desire is based out of having your own child yeah, and you involve yourself in self-neglect, even without that even, even a being without. a desire, it just gets worse. It does. Because that turns into other stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing that I hate about how we attack illness is that I don't want to be your conversation around cannabis when your mom is on stage four cancer mm-hmm. and you're just trying to like make sure she doesn't pain. have any pain yeah. because it's metastasized to the bones i hate when i'm that conversation yeah i don't want to be that conversation and i know how that feels yeah it's very very hard mm. and we as a people wait to the last minute where it is like oh i guess i gotta do this i gotta yeah. cut my leg off yeah no you don't wait 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 well, wait, but, wait 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 were you diabetic before this yeah. oh you didn't tell anybody why are you doing that yeah yeah, we have to stop doing that. This medical system, these Obamacare provisions are gone.
1: Yeah, Whew. girl, they're gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you straight facts. Yeah. They do not exist they anymore. Exist. So when, like, you thinking that you can just go and get what you need, you know, open enrollments right now, mm-hmm. like that, that's not what you think. you <laughs> are these healthcare issues, these bills, these people refusing to give you what you need, or saying you don't need this treatment. We're gonna give you this yeah. instead of that because the medical insurance doesn't want to pay for this treatment like this is what's really happening yeah we are responsible
1: for our health and all of like everything and
0: it's yeah, very scary. It's scary trust me i cr- i don't oh. i don't understand this thing there are days where i just wake up like okay you got it <laughs> looks like we're under this weighted blanket oh yeah. right you know it is what it is but like i have less and less of that because i'm actively caring yeah to a degree where even my friends are like stop working out (laughs) but for me you know that that makes me feel human again it makes me feel alive it makes me feel like I'm working through those issues and those those daily anxiety and you know like you know I think everybody here needs a therapist my therapist is my therapist is lit I agree shout out to her because every time I shout out to her People try to steal my therapist. Oh wait, who, who? So I'm not gonna tell you who, who my you therapist tell is. Me. First you of all, tell I got three friends trying to take my therapist tell right me. now. me. Is no. she in Harlem?
1: She uptown. Where's she at? First give of all, tips. give me some tips. me She know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, fine, Mary, fine. But people need to shout out team therapists. Team like, therapists. People need
0: team- yes, every week, like
1: every aspect of health. All of it—mental, physical, spiritual—everything. Especially all the if you fitness. grew up
0: a, a direct product of the the war on drugs. Yeah. Oh definitely. my god! I gotta talk to somebody. So you know, I, I just th- there's nothing wrong with calling these things out. Yeah. Mary I got two
1: questions for you. I can yes. keep you here all day, but I know you gotta get this hair done. Yeah. Um, I like to ask everybody on the show two questions. Sure. Um. The podcast is called unbossed right what does the word unbossed mean to you and tell me about a woman in your life who inspires
0: you who keeps you you know motivated who's unbossed unbossed to me speaks directly to the great amazing Shirley Chisholm uh and so Shirley Chisholm is actually a button that I have from shout out to radical pen yeah uh on my favorite leather jacket um. Shelly Chisholm is one of my most favorite people. Just to watch old videos of me too. Yes, that's what I think of immediately when okay. I think of unbossed. And who is an unbossed woman that I truly admire? Anybody? Bazola St. John. Okay, love it.
1: Yes. For those that don't, I mean, I it's it's the essence audience. We love we love her. We love I love, love her. I love her. But for her. those that don't
0: know, who is this woman? She's a first of all she like transitioned from client side of CPG to literally not only her own brand, but just like a, a marketing bard mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, her her experiences and her time at Uber, yep. uh, the work she does now in Endeavor, the work she just inspires me to like think about um, and care about too. And she and I, aren't as always in communication as we have been in the past, but she's someone where like when we see each other, we communicate with each other, it's all love. And she's, at, and, and, and she knows why I am shouting her out, but she was very supportive of me when things were, my health was greatly impacting my career more yeah. so than, which is a toll 180 from where it was now. Um, and I respect her greatly and highly. And anybody that says anything about her, I usually cuss them out. I mean, as you should.
1: On that note, I don't see any better place to end. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> thank you for being you. No,
0: thank, thank you, you for the work
1: that you do. Thank you for your passion. No,
0: All of the thank things. Thank you. Yeah. Also, trust God. Trust God. All right. You know, or trust the Creator. Yes. Trust who? Trust, trust the universe. The trust. <laughs> because, you know, and also, you know, please watch the financial markets. Yes. Learn how to grow your own food. Yes. Ooh. And learn a fighting technique. And
1: where can people learn more more about the work that you do?
0: You can go to Can You can just DM us. Somebody's going to answer. <laughs> uh, and we're working privately with a few brands right now on inclusion work. Okay. Um, they know who they are. Uh, and we are actively trying to make sure that black and brown people can, you know, receive services in terms of like, marketing guidance and content guidance from us. So we are working out a few uh, potential partners uh, that I, I mentioned some of the names, but yeah. I'm going to reiterate them. But we're working out <laughs> ways to work with them right now, but we're glad that we've been selected to do some of the inclusion work that we're working on right now with uh, ease and with a possible plan um, in partnership with select. So I hope to have more of those in the future to share with the audience. But, you know, my big thing is, look, this, this, this ship has already sailed. Can you please just get on the second ship? Mm. That's all I have to say, please. This is going to be the last thing we see in our lifetime that I feel like we can reasonably touch as a wealth builder. That is what I see. AI, robotics, I'm terrified of those. (laughs) But when it comes to being in the midst of seeing a commodity come to life, this is it. This is it. We need to take this way more seriously than we are. And again, if it's not where you're at, move now. Thank you. Today, Thank you, Mary. You're welcome.
1: Be sure to listen, download, or subscribe to more episodes of Unbossed. You can find Unbossed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple listeners, please be sure to leave me a review and let me know what you think. Be kind, but be critical that's okay, too. Don't forget to hit me up on social at Marquita underscore Harris underscore. Be sure to use the hashtag Unbossed Podcast. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys.